0: horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you with us once again. Producer Eric Ryder is at the board, and today we're going to have another triumphant return visit from our pal Erica Nelson. Frequent contributor Erica Nelson, this time with lots to share about COVID-safe roadside attractions. They include Butch Anthony's drive Through Museum in Alabama, the Enchanted Highway in North Dakota, and Porter Sculpture Park in South Dakota. All are outdoor venues that you can road trip to and through. And say, what about those Mardi Gras house floats in Louisiana in Garland? So much to talk about we will get to all of that on the other side of a short break our pal anson
1: williams is here with a word about alert drops hi everybody this is anson williams from happy days and i want to bring attention to a life-saving product called alert drops drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in america and alert drops will stop it kids studying in college drinking too much caffeine overloading on these energy drinks They end up in the hospital. Alert drops will stop it. What is alert drops? Alert drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drops will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven, it's doctor approved. Again, it's natural, it's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe.
0: Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back, everyone. Erica Nelson is an artist educator, and one of America's foremost experts and speakers on the world's largest thing. She also is the department editor for American Road Magazine, visiting communities with her own unique traveling museum, which acquired a permanent base back in 2017. Erica is in demand as a consultant to cities seeking to create their own world's largest thing or roadside attraction to increase tourism, marketing, and economic development for their community. When not on the road, Erica and the world's largest collection of the world's smallest versions of the world's largest things, Van, can be found in Lucas, Kansas. Today, I imagine balmy Lucas, Kansas. Probably not. But we do have Erica Nelson with us. Erica, so great to have you back.
2: Yeah, always good to be here.
0: And I keep thinking of this Van. I love to say world's largest collection of the world's smallest versions of the world's largest things, and then I have to sneak in there. Van because it is a traveling museum as uniquely created by your honorable self.
2: Yeah, that was the very first mobile museum unit. I've had two more since then. Um, so, right now, there's a Jeepalope, which is a Jeep that had been outfitted with antlers and paintings about roadside Americana and about 30 of the world's largest collection, of the world's smallest versions of the world's largest things in the windows uh, to act as the current mobile unit.
0: That is just incredible, and someone as artistic as as yourself can always be expected to come up with something new and innovative. Maybe that's one reason why you are so welcome as a member of the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission. I want to throw some love their way, Erica. Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission. So this is a way of promoting and getting the word out about all of the artistic venues, and value for people who are interested in visiting Kansas.
2: Yeah, uh, we're a grant-making institution, but we also do uh, professional development workshops for artists uh, throughout the state of Kansas, and uh, it's been really great to be a part of that team. So the world's largest things museum does get grant support sometimes through KCAIC, But uh, in one of my other jobs, I'm a field rep for them. So I get to travel around my section of Kansas and try to give people money to make art.
0: And does that work pretty well? Do you get a lot of variety from people? You know, year by year, you can see the growth of that artistic community within Kansas?
2: Oh, yeah. And I think part of it, too, is especially in rural Kansas, um. People know how to do a lot with a little. So then when suddenly somebody comes by and says, hey, you know, we could write a grant for that and you could be a part of this this whole sort of community of what makes Kansas great. Um, they know how to stretch the dollar and really respond to their community in an artistic way. And that's exactly what we're trying to do is put the people who do the stuff with the money to impact more people who didn't know that they needed some art in their life.
0: And then they soon find out, well, that's a great initiative, Erica. I'm so happy you're a part of it. When you and I were talking about what we would talk about on today's episode, you really came up with some good ones. These are places I have to admit I have not heard of before, but I, you know, living in Florida as I do, I've been through Alabama, spent the night there, was in Birmingham, but I know my way around Alabama as much as the next tourist, I suppose. And yet here I am completely ignorant of a place like Butch Anthony's drive-through museum in Alabama. That's in a little town of Seal, Alabama. How in the world did you find out about that?
2: Well, one of my other um, many jobs that I enjoy doing is preserving um, folk art environments. And so I was working in Georgia and not far from Columbus, Georgia, which is a pretty big town, and I kept hearing about. Oh well, you like interesting, neat things. You got to meet Butch Anthony. He's got a he's got a Woods of Wonder just over the border in Seal, Alabama. And I kept hearing about him. Kept hearing about him. So I finally went over to see what all the hubbub was about. And he had turned his family farm into a sort of art enclave. Um, that culminates every year in the Dew Nanny, which is like a hillbilly version of Burning Man. So lots of artists and artisans coming together to spend a week in the woods, building great, amazing, crazy things and setting an effigy on fire in, in the middle of an alligator-filled swamp. Uh, But once he uh, started getting really popular, he decided, well, I don't want people coming through my own land, so I need to set up something for tourists. So he purchased four uh, shipping containers, cut out the sides and installed giant plate glass windows and set them up in this sort of horseshoe where you drive through and you can still see the Woods of Wonder and Butch Anthony's uh, pretty fun, amazing artworks, but uh, in a safe way that kind of gets you off and through and keeps the privacy of the family intact. They built that in 2017 and he swaps out the displays whenever he's building something new. So anytime that I go through Georgia, I make sure to divert a little bit over into Alabama and just see what is new at Butch Anthony's Museum of Wonder.
0: It sounds to me like you're describing a sort of hybrid or a two-in-one type of exhibit. It it seems to be a a bit of a double venue, Erica.
2: Oh yeah, and that's that's why it works so well. And that's why these little hidden ones are such gems because it's not just about tourism. It's not just about bringing people in. It's about introducing them to a little slice of what it would be like to live in Alabama. So it's a portrait of Butch Anthony, but it's also a portrait of that little region of Georgia and Alabama, and a little bit of celebrating what fun, crazy things grow up out of the woods in rural communities.
0: Hillbilly burning man. That's a phrase I never thought I'd hear. And, and there again, and so much of this, of course, is tied to a region or reflective of it. And so the creativity shows up in ways that if you live in big city America, they're hugging the coastlines, as most of America's population does. You have to go out of your way to see this stuff, but it is there to be seen.
2: Yeah, but even in high population areas, people, um, especially this year, have become really creative and innovative about traveling isn't the best idea right now. Spreading yourself out to a place where you're not sure what safety protocols are or what will be open or closed has changed the way that we travel. So there are people in larger cities who have really responded to this in creative ways. For example, um, all of the parades were canceled this past month for Mardi Gras. But as soon as that announcement came out back in November, one New Orleans resident said, Hey, that that's totally understandable. We don't need tourism right now, but we still want to celebrate Mardi Gras. So she came up with the idea of, well, if we can't do floats and have a gathering, what if we each turn our house into a Mardi Gras float? So for the past couple of months, the people of New Orleans have been Instead of doing Mardi Gras parade floats, they've been transforming their houses into a little Mardi Gras, a porch style Mardi Gras, so that the locals can tour around and still get that feeling of something they miss. So it's not just rural folks doing it. It is anybody who misses gathering, thinking of these innovative ways to still be able to do the thing they love about those gatherings and the place that they live.
0: I was very impressed by that myself. Mardi Gras house splits. You know, this is a great example of being handed a big old lemon and so you decide, well, let's serve lemonade. Admire the innovation, the willingness to respond in what is still a crisis after all, but in a creative and enjoyable way.
2: And the the other um, advantage to that was it ended up employing all of those float builders that had suddenly lost their jobs. So the people who might not have that creative spark but really wanted to be a part of it ended up hiring the same people they would have hired before to produce floats. But now they got to do, do it on an individual basis. So it didn't just save the spirit of Mardi Gras. It actually gave artists some jobs that would have normally just gone away if you weren't able to gather. So that sort of innovation, I think, has been popping up all over the country.
0: It definitely has. And you talk about the American spirit, and we're going to get through this. If you can do it in an enjoyable way, even a profitable way, so much the better. I'm glad that you brought that up. I wanted to include the Mardi Gras house floats, which is a, hopefully it's short term. If it's a one and off, fine by us, right? But it's just an example of American ingenuity, and travelers will appreciate that. I'm sorry that I can't be there to see them myself a little bit of it on tv however so that's the south. We of alabama we got louisiana but you can go to different places in the country and be amazed at the covid safe roadside attractions that are there for you waiting right now let's go into the dakotas my friend we've got the uh, let's let's go to north dakota First, we'll go north and south the enchanted highway in north dakota i confess never heard of it Many of our listeners will find this new as well. Tell us about it.
2: Uh, This is one of my favorite stories of one man who was told nothing's going to help our little town. And him deciding, you know what? That's bunk. I think I can do it. So he was actually inspired by watching Field of Dreams and remembering that thought of if you build it, they will come. So Gary Greff... Uh, lived in the tiny, tiny town of Regent and it's south of I-94 that goes through North Dakota. And for any interstate, people just zoom by and it's a point A to point B thing. They don't think there's anything to see. So Gary was trying to figure out how could he get that traffic uh, pattern to change and come down about 35 miles to Regent and help save his small town. So he started erecting he says larger than life. I think they're larger than larger than life. They are massively huge, huge, huge sculptures about every 10 miles. So first he built a tin family. And if you're standing next to this tin family, to give you an idea of scale, if you're an average size person, I'm female, five foot three, my head probably comes up to the ankle of one of these 10 family people. So they're massive in the landscape, so you can see them miles and miles off. And once you're at one, you know the next one is just 10 miles away. Uh, He did Teddy Roosevelt on a rearing horse. He did a flock of geese flying across this big sort of eye of God. Um, He did uh, the deer crossing sign silhouette. He did a massive one of those jumping over an equally massive fence. So he has created this whole what he calls the Enchanted Highway, in an effort to give people these little nuggets of inspiration to make them come down to Regent and see what Regent is like. And it's one of my favorite roadside stories because he started in 1990, he's continually building, and he says that um, he's gonna run out of space soon because he's filled every 10 miles of this 30 to 40 mile route. And so now he's starting to build in Regent, building an enchanted castle. And there's an ice cream shop that opened up that has miniatures of his massive, massive items. So it's really transformed that little tiny bit of North Dakota in a big, big way.
0: You know, you remind me of something, Erica, because uh, take, for example, something that I imagine is much better known, and that's the Cadillac Ranch. You know, if there's a principle involved here. Cadillac Ranch, for example, wasn't placed in downtown Dallas or Houston, no other. You have to go to get to it. It becomes a destination, and it sounds like the Enchanted Highway. In North Dakota, where there's a lot of flatlands and you figure it's just miles and miles of miles and miles, there has something to offer if people know about it and can easily get to it.
2: You do have to mean to go there, but the, the roads are all nice and bright and cheery and uh, easy tr- to traverse. I'm glad you brought up Cadillac Ranch, though, too. So Amarillo um, isn't exactly a tourist town, but there is very much a, a thing that's built up around Cadillac Ranch because of that innovative sort of bizarreness that makes you stop. So in addition to Cadillac Ranch now, there is um, VW Bug Ranch, a farmer put up a combine ranch. There's a gift shop that uh, has newer Cadillacs and a muffler man. So all of these things sort of spur spinoffs or a deeper look at the community. And it really gives you a chance to sort of get an introduction to a town in something that's outdoors, safe to uh Involve yourself with, but also seek out the next one and the next one and the next one, and it they all connect together into this sort of circuit of discovery.
0: A circuit of discovery great way to put it. Now, in case people are unaware, tell us what exactly is a muffler man.
2: Oh, so the giant fiberglass uh, mascots of the open road. I like to call them the Ken dolls of the open road because they were all (laughs) in one form. But sometimes they're dressed as as automobile workers. Sometimes they're dressed as lumberjacks. Sometimes uh, they have silly hats on, but they were very popular in uh, the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Uh, usually with one hand up and one hand down, so that they could actually hold a muffler, but have mostly been repurposed uh, into holding other things.
0: I love that idea. Here again, just taking something and reimagining it, really, and then turning it into an attraction, then people get this grassroots kind of idea, like around the uh, Amarillo Cadillac Ranch, and then the others pop up. I would imagine that, because we're talking about Amarillo anyway, it's going to be a sufficient size that if people plan to be there and make a circuit of these venues, that there would be accommodations, you know, gas, food, lodging, in a way that, that really would be for people who are into the, the architecture of creativity, who take the artistic view of life. This would be really a dream trip for a lot of people.
2: Well, and I think we forget that sometimes we make our own museum. And I think especially for those outdoor sculpture areas or the towns who have really embraced them, it is like Amarillo has turned itself inside out and let you explore their unique objects in in a driving tour. It helps that it's in Texas. Texas is big car country. So you do have to drive to everything. But right now, that is a super extra added bonus that we're able to move around in our own little pods and still get that sort of museum experience without having to be indoors.
0: And one of the great things about Cadillac Ranch, before we leave that topic, the look changes. There's not just one style of Cadillac, there isn't just one color. It's an evergreen notion, if you will, because people will go there with an opportunity, at least I thought they used to maybe they still do, offer the chance to actually go in and paint something a new color so that the hues of the place change.
2: Yes, every single day, people bring along spray paints. It's now sold at some of the convenience stores next door because they know that people aren't just going there to photograph, they're going there to make their mark.
0: I love it. I just think that is so wonderful. Another item from my bucket list, which is growing. <laughs> we we also want to get, now let's say, okay, we've been to the Enchanted Highway in North Dakota. We're going to drop down to South Dakota, all that gorgeous scenery, and as if that weren't enough, there was all with the Badlands, with Deadwood, with uh, Custer State Park, just area after area after area, and now we have the Porter Sculpture Park once again. Say I heard of it, and I've been to South Dakota in recent years, and I'm sorry I didn't know about this back then. That would really be something else. I've seen a few pictures of it. It's marvelous.
2: Yeah, and it, too, is designed to make interstate travelers stop and take a little bit of time. So um, Wayne Porter, this is all the work of one man. He is this wonderfully... Uh, eccentric in the best sense of the word workaholic welder and he decided that he needed some people to start stopping in his region too so he has land that abuts uh the interstate get that goes through south dakota and has started erecting giant fanciful um even I don't know if they're larger than Gary's or not, but they are that same sort of massive, massive scale of whimsical sculptures. One of them is this giant bullhead head that um, looks kind of like it's made out of shingles, but this is actually heavy metal. So there are, it's formed out of railroad tie plates. And if anybody who has ever walked along a railway, you see those metal plates that hold the rails down Imagine three or 4,000 of those making up just the head of a giant ox. And that's the kind of heavy metal sculpture that Wayne Porter has been making. Uh, He made this giant horse um, at his studio many miles away. So over the winter, he works on new sculptures and then during tourist season, which is May through October for him, uh, he, he usually tries to get one more major sculpture up every year so there's over 50 right now but i know he's working on a giant rabbit this year in his off season and usually spring brings a big crane and a new concrete pad out at porter sculpture park and a new big thing to keep it ever-changing too
0: now south dakota is another sizable state So when we talk about the location of the Porter Sculpture Park, is it on the Falls side? Is it closer to the Black Hills or someplace in the middle?
2: It is uh, closer to like Mitchell area. So if you are, I know we talked about the Corn Palace before. If you're going to the Corn Palace, Porter Sculpture Park isn't that far away.
0: Well, now I just feel bad because I've been to the Corn Palace in recent years. And I swear to you, Erica, that subject of the Porter Sculpture Park did not come up in any conversations. I had with people around town. How can this be? So I had to get back there. And I'd love to see South Dakota. It's so picturesque. And I will have to make a point of getting there in order to enjoy this apparently growing phenomenon.
2: Yeah, he's he's always got some new plans in, in mind, and he too enjoys shipping containers. So his uh, guest area is him in a little shipping container waiting to greet people in the middle of this giant field. And his dog will usually walk along with you at a very, very socially distanced pace.
0: I look forward to these places and I hope people will get out there to enjoy them as well. I appreciate you no end, Erica, because you know about these things. You love to share about them. Your enthusiasm is evident. And then you get out on the road and you represent a lot of these artistic projects, these achievements so well in your miniaturized version. I just think it's terrific.
2: The only way you find out about stuff is to get out there on the road and explore. And don't be afraid to ask questions when you see something neat
0: words to live by erica nelson thank you for joining us once again on trip talk and i look forward to your next visit you always have a surprise or two in store and please be safe out there through this rough winter
2: yes this is also a good time to explore how many good good kinds of soup you can find and the diners with the best pie to go
0: we'll look forward to bringing you back real soon thank you erica Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky representative co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road.